The Bucketeers Podcast is a proud member of the TSPN, the TimeSkew Podcast Network. You can catch our podcast in a number of outlets, including Apple, Google, and Spotify, and TimeSkew.com slash podcast. You can follow us on Twitter today, your Super Bowl champions updates, and more at Bucketeers. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a fantastic, perhaps the best edition yet of the Bucketeers podcast we are now officially deemed champions i'm your host champa tones and we're joined in by a lot of great co-hosts today including cody bucko the bruce and champa stunner yes that's what we're referring to in this episode at least because we got the rings on our fingers we got a lot of good talk to have about the game bucko showing his ring we'll bring him in here in a minute but that day was incredible. It will be forever entrenched in my heart, forever engraved in my memory. It was just truly a beautiful day, one of the best days to be alive if you really are a true Buccaneers fan. I mean, you felt every emotion that day. I personally said, um, you know, I, I said on our live show Saturday, I don't think it's going to be close. I said, you know, I think it's going to reminisce the other Super Bowl double-digit game. And that, that, that happened. That followed suit. I didn't predict this crazy of a game. I predicted a nine-point game. But as we've seen, it it ended a lot different than a nine-point game. Tom Brady played so good. He had trouble walking today. That was awesome in the boat parade. Tampa changed the parade platform forever. I want to talk about that as well in this episode if we are going to have a new wave of championship parades. But without further ado... Bear with me, guys. My voice is still a little shot. But without further ado, we're going to welcome in our, you know, fellow championship co-hosts, Bucko the Bruce, Tampa Stunna, Cody G. How the hell are we tonight, fellas? It's a couple day removed, but I'm still feeling fresh as a freaking champion. Hey, champ. I'm good, champ. How are you, champ? Let's go, champ. <laughs> You are all champions. We we are all champions. Let's go. Long time coming. 18 years we've waited for this. Awesome. Awesome feeling. Totally stoked. Yeah, totally stoked indeed. And, uh, you know, a lot of other uh, Bucks fans, Bucks podcast, everyone around Buccaneers Twitter is amped. Besides the Saints of Maniacs podcast, I mean the Buck Maniacs podcast, but that's a uh, story uh, to get into. Hold on, stop, um, I gotta stop you right there. Do not reference anything that loser fucking Levin does ever anywhere. Um, had to bury him. Had to put Fuck him. That had to put the hatchet in. Anyways, uh, yeah, people are finally uh, – Buck's Twitter is at peace again almost. It's like the night before Christmas, you know, all through the house is silent. It's just beautiful. Everyone's happy. Everyone's smiling, uh, celebrating. No reason not to. We had a great championship game. The defense brought it. The offense brought it. Even our special teams, well, besides the return they had, uh, played pretty dang good for a change which is actually really good to see. And then it was just an awesome night. Uh, the celebration was fantastic. The team looked so happy. Every player from Sean Murphy, Bunton, to Tom Brady, to damn Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbert, you name it. Everyone was so happy. And uh, I, I just want to know how your guys' feeling was. Cody, we'll start with you. As you were in Tampa Bay, how the hell did it feel when the clock struck zero and we were deemed champions. Man, the, the vibes were just awesome. It's like everybody everybody we were at was family. We made new friends up there that night. We were obviously lit, to say the least. That whole place, crazy. Just a crazy vibe driving back from there, getting on the interstate, you know, cars honking, flags everywhere. Just, just the entire vibe in Tampa, man, it was just perfect. I'm so glad we decided to go down there. Yeah, Bucko, I know you tried to get down there. Uh, how was your Super Bowl day? How were the vibes at uh, your household? Oh, fuck you, Cody. I should have went first. I didn't get to go to Tampa. I got to listen to a guy tell me how the vibes in my city, where I'm fucking from. I got to hear someone tell me about it. Nah, dude, real talk. Yes, but life gets in the way sometimes. Me and my six-pack of a family, uh, we were stuck here in the A watching the game, but I'm going to tell you, 
We we didn't miss anything. We had a fucking blast. Uh, the food was fantastic. Y'all saw the spread on Twitter. It was delicious. I drank an entire bottle of Uncle Nearest bourbon by myself. Uh, well, I gave a couple shots out at, at, at Victory, but let me tell you, we had a, as you can hear, my voice still sounds like shit. Um, I yelled at the TV like a madman for three and a half hours. Um, I got to share this with my kids. My kids got to see this. You know, my oldest being 14, none of them were alive for us to win a playoff game or do anything of any meaningful success. I got to share this with my kids for a proud dad moment. Uh, that, that made it all worth it, bro. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Stunner, how about you? Uh, I was soaking in the moment, the glory, uh, the championship in general. Bucko and uh, Cody had great stories. I'm sure you soaked in the moment yourself as well. Yeah, I went to my brother's house down in Ruskin. And uh, my brother and I, we, you know, we've been season ticket holders since 2000. We went to the uh, playoff game in 99 versus the Redskins. And the next year we had, we got season tickets and uh, my mom was with me as well as, as my daughter, but she was kind of acting up, but you know, it's hard for little kids to sit still during a football game. They won't. Yeah. But it was like, uh, it was just great, man. Just family time. is always the best time. And, and to be around, you know, my family and watch the game, it, it was really special. Yeah, family time is the best time, especially watching the Buccaneers with your family, winning the damn Super Bowl. It's truly incredible. Or being in Tampa, either route you go, you just can't beat it. Uh, you know, even being at the game, one of our own in Red and Pewter, Mr. Kunal, was at the game, and it looked uh, – Kunil, it looked unreal, man. Him and his dad were at the game, uh, the upper section, but it looked like a hell of a time. That ticket yeah. – is priceless, man. You know, yeah, I, I bet that made up for him losing to me in the Super Bowl for Red Computer Canada Football League. Um, hell of a consolation prize there, Kunal. Good job, buddy. Way to be. Yeah, yeah, that just looked really, really fun. And it was a great time in general. The weekend was a halftime show, but let's get into the game a little bit more before we talk about a couple things. Uh, the game itself. Tom Brady, vintage Tom Brady. He stood out. Uh, what can we say, Bucko? I see a grim. Uh, I see a grinning. What do you got? They, they said this man had no arm. They said he'd be he'd be falling apart before the end of the season. I'm looking at that game in that Super Bowl. Most specifically, the pass that like I was like, wow, in that second quarter, that 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 post in the end zone to Gronk. Now, granted. For that play to even happen, that offensive line gave him the cleanest pocket I think I've ever seen uh, to step up in. But he made a laser, dark, 30-yard of a throw right between the numbers. And 43-year-old guys aren't supposed to be able to make that fucking pass, dude. In the, in the height of the moment in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady showed up. Yeah, he was on the 21 or 29 for, what, a 201, I think. So the numbers are like, wow, wow. Three touchdowns, though. The three tutties. The no turnovers and the zip on the ball is there, gentlemen. 43 be damned. I, I'm telling you, my fat ass is getting on that TB12 plan. I got to do something because I want some avocado tequila. This dude is doing <laughs> it, bro. Yeah, that avocado tequila had him feeling some type of way. I think all of us need a little bit of that. All of us should have a little bit of that. And the biggest number you pointed out there, Bucko the Bruce, is turnover free performance from the quarterback position something that's hindered us for the past couple of decades now is you know coming hand in hand at the hip week in and week out we don't really have to worry about turning the ball over too too much and the running game was incredible but we'll get into that in a little bit as well Cody how did how were the vibes of the go you were actually in Tampa the vibes around Tampa, how, how is everyone feeling about Tom Brady winning the city of championship? Were there a lot of Tom Brady, you know, fans out, gear out? I know you have a big head in your background of the GOAT right now. Uh, you know, kind of explain a little bit how perhaps it changed from um, just a football, you know, a Tampa town to a Tom Brady town with a Tampa town. I think it's just he brings a calming – 
calming effect to the team, to the fans, to everybody. Like you, you know, you, you got Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like even against Patrick Mahomes, who's gonna like you're stupid to vote against him. You know, the place where we we're at was probably about ninety percent Tampa fans, maybe ten percent Chiefs fans. And Chiefs fans were talking a little for a minute, but it was pretty quick. They didn't have anything to say. Yeah, it's like you said. Fuck up real quick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the numbers don't just jump out at you, but no turnovers. And then little things like hearing stories about him uh, sending text messages to all the guys night before the game, we're going to win this game. Just, you know, stuff like that. His leadership, you just – it can't be questioned. What he brings to a football team is just special. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that was a really good play he drew up or whoever drew it up. But that pass to Joe Haig, that offensive lineman, dropped a touchdown. That so disappointing, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I needed the fat man. That's a hammer break. <laughs> yeah, his one time to shine went down the drain. Stunna impressions and thoughts about Tom Brady and how he really elevated this Bucks team uh, to get in their second Super Bowl and making it look rather easy along the way. Well, that Super Bowl had Tom Brady written all over it uh, from our perspective. You know, like Bruce said, uh, he was only pressured four times the whole game. All the touchdowns went to Tom Brady recruits. It was two to Gronk, one to AB, and one to Leonard Fournette, it was, which was a handoff. All those guys came to the team to be playing with Tom Brady. And um, they, if you remember, we did the podcast before the game. My prediction was Bucks 31. Kansas City 28. So the offense to the Bucks pretty much did what I expected them to do. But the defense for the Bucks was really played above their heads. And it was really just awesome to watch because, you know, I think all of us are on Twitter. We put up with the, the BS uh, Kansas City arrogance. And it's really nice when you get the humble, uh, you know, someone like that. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that humble pie. Yeah, humble pie indeed. And uh, I want to point out one thing really quick. Stunna mentioned the Brady recruits. I want to kind of go about how big of an impact they played in the game a little deeper. Rob Gronkowski, a lot of people had uh, money on a certain Rob Gronkowski bet. To score the opening touchdown, that would have paid greatly if you did have that bet, as that said, at 14 to 1 odds. So that's just incredible. I know a lot of people who had that one. I had Gronk anytime touchdown, which is still pretty favorable odds at 120 to 1. So if you bet $1, you'd win $1.20. So, you know, Gronk was a big time commodity betting-wise before the game, and he paid off in the actual game. Six catches. 67 yards, two touchdowns. Some thought he should have been the MVP. Leonard Fournette had an incredible game. 16 carries, 89 yards, 5.6 yards per carry to go with the touchdown and four receptions for 46 yards to go with that. And then A.B. had five for 22 and a touchdown. So, guys, every single one of these dudes played a huge role in the Super Bowl, and now they all really do want to come back. But what are the odds that we do run run uh, this back with the same squad, at least nearly the same squad in Tampa? And well, before you go to that, but one thing you have to understand: the stars of this team, the stars of the offense, were already established. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's ability and their Achievements within this team had already been well established. So, yeah, defenses took Chris Godwin and Mike Evans out of this game, which allowed for our role players, call it what you want to call it, Gronk, A.B., Fournette, those guys were role players within this offense. They were not key cogs. Rojo was a key cog. Mike Evans, Godwin, Brake was targeted and had more receptions than Gronk. You get what I'm saying? These guys were important, yes. But they did not come uh, without the defense showing double coverage to Mike, double coverage to Godwin at all times. Like Mike Evans didn't get allowed to be breathed. He only got two targets. One was a catch for 30. The other was a, you know, a, a P.I. that was blatant. You know, they tried to say it was a bullshit call. But, no, the dude fell down and then tried to tackle Mike, reaching out, grabbing his ankle. Either way, moving forward. Yes, it's important to have these key, these key guys on the team. But 
those key guys had the success they had because of the attention that was paid to the stars who were already here. That's the point I want to make. Yeah, but the thing with that is, I mean, we don't want a Super Bowl if we don't bring in the Gronks, the Fournette. Uh, and, and, and again. We, we've seen the Evans, we've seen the Godwins, and they're great guys, but they just didn't get the job done until these guys were here. And that's my point. Everybody talked to me about Sammy Watkins. Everybody talking about me, Cole Hardman. Everybody talked to me about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and how if we double Tyreek Hill or we do this to Kelsey, those guys are going to tear us apart. Those guys did not one fucking thing. Well, the rookie running back did have like seven yards of carry, but they were too arrogant to run the football. So that's not my problem. But the, the, the key is their, their role player guys that they had, their Miko Hardman, their Sammy Watkins, who are our, you know, Gronk, AB, whatever, they didn't fucking perform. Our guys did. Hence, we're the champs. The champs, indeed. And no matter who the contributors were or who you guys view as the key cogs, everyone was equally important on this team. Everyone played just as big of a role. And it was fantastic to see Cody – Incredible performance. Any that standed out to you in particular, uh, stat-wise or just, you know, phenomenal-wise based on any particular plays or anything? Um, you know, playoff Lenny, he, he had a big game. You know, obviously, Gronk with two touchdowns. Devin White, who I thought would win MVP, I said he'd have 10-plus tackles, a turnover, and a sack. I don't think he had a sack. He was real close on one. So, But uh, a guy who I think might be, like, for the entire playoffs is SMB. Like he was locked up with Tyreek Hill quite a bit, like even one-on-one, like going back and watching that game. And yeah. we didn't hardly hear Tyreek's name called. Like he had an interception every other game. Like I, it's like the whole team stepped up at the right time. Playoff Lenny, playoff SMB. Like it just, um, I don't know. We, the, all of us in here said, you know, we just need to get hot by the end of the year, get hot by the end of the year. They did that. We went on the, you know, eight game run and, uh, that was a wrap. There's just too much talent on this team. I think it's just no true offseason, COVID. And then you're bringing in a bunch of new guys. You know, it just takes a little bit of time, even with that much talent, to get the chemistry. And I think it's just you – know, even the coaching staff. You know, Byron called a hell of a game. Todd Bowles, I don't think he can call a better game against the Chiefs than he called. You know, he just – the exact opposite. A lot of dime wasn't – you know, I think he only blitzed like five times, which that's not like oh, Todd yeah. Bowles at all. And uh, – and I, I know they had a lot of uh, backup linemen in, and, and people are acting like, you know, Chiefs fans are saying it's a thing. We all knew you had backup linemen in. Y'all were, y'all were all still picking them to run us, yeah. you know, everybody even. So I don't want to hear about the backup linemen now. That wasn't a problem until y'all came and got your ass whipped by us. So. Yeah, to tell Ross Tucker or Max Kellerman, you fuckers said it doesn't matter who's blocking. Mahomes is Superman. He's yeah. going to get it done. Yeah. Don't yeah. use that as a fucking crutch when you use it as your platform. Thank you, Cody, for saying that. Thank you. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, real quick to elaborate with you guys on, then, Cody, you could chime back in. Kurt Warner even said today, there's plenty on the film far beyond missing a couple of linemen that the Chiefs just flat out played bad and they missed a couple of things and the Bucks played good. It went farther than a couple linemen being hurt. It went farther than, you know, a couple penalties. It was that the Chiefs really did have some miscues and play some bad football and the Bucks really did play some really good football. That's what Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame quarterback, said Super Bowl champion said, I'm going to take his word on this over the pundits and as Cody and Bucko said, a lot of people here said, oh, Chiefs, doesn't matter who's playing. Doesn't matter who's in their lineup. They're going to win this and that. So, Cody, I agree with you, man. I mean, people people are going to be eating their words after this one. At the end of the day, like you said, Tampa showed up to play. The Chiefs didn't. I think I, I saw some of what you're talking about where you're saying they were lined up out of position, stuff like that. Like, that's nothing to yes. do with that. You know, that's – that's on y'all. They got they got outplayed and outcoached. I mean, offense and defense, they could not stop us on offense, and their offense couldn't do anything versus our defense. You know, the backup alignment, sure, but that was fine versus the Chiefs. They lost one game this year. They was fine versus the Bills. Like, no, again, they, they need to give our defense credit. I don't care who was out there. Our defense played one hell of a game. Chris Jones is a $15 million a year three-technique player in this league. He was going against a second-year undrafted Player named Aaron Stinney. Aaron Stinney from James Madison. 
stonewalled him. Say it. He got one play. Him and him and Frank Clark got together on that one sack. Outside of that, those the thirty million dollars at that position did absolutely fucking nothing against an undrafted rookie and a rookie. So miss me with all the excuses. Get give some credit to this team, man. This Bucks team came to fucking play. We had a plan when we executed. If I would have told you gentlemen Saturday when we did this, Todd Bowles and and, and Byron Leverage were gonna outcoach Andy Reid. <laughs> and and uh, Spagnola. What the fuck, y'all? Y'all told me I was crazy, right? Yeah, no, but it happened. You got to tip your cap, bro. Period. I it's it was so bad with Bowles. Like, was he playing possum? Was have have we been fucking with people all year? Like holding, uh, like not fucking with them, but holding back. Like you know, just holding back. Maybe not showing <laughs> showing everything we got. Like it just it. That's how bad it's looked. Like throughout the whole playoffs, really. I don't know. As tricks, I said this to tricks. I said, "Look, after that Detroit game, I said, honestly, bro, I think we've just been fucking with people. I think we've just been trying shit out and waiting for this run." I said, "We're not gonna lose another game." I said that what was it, week sixteen? So we're not gonna lose another game, dude. This team, we got it. We we are what we think we are. I said that way back then. Yeah, you did. You really did. It was one of your first uh, times on the pod, being on the pod, I believe, when you went on and said that. Stunned to add to your point, you said Aaron Stinney, James Madison. We had three guys from James Madison on our roster when Super Bowl rings. Josh Wells, Earl Watford, Aaron Stinney, all reserve linemen. Uh, Stinney ended up starting. Uh, Wells ended up being on the roster the entire year. And then Watford was on a couple weeks during the playoffs, all awarded rings. Uh, it's just a great feeling to find all this offensive line depth from anywhere you can. Stun, I want to get your thoughts on Aaron Stinney. What did you see out of him this season that you liked? And, uh, you know, I got blocked for sticking up for Stinney on Twitter against the Madden guy who ranked him 50, 54 overall, which for those unaware of Madden, I don't play myself anymore. But that means that you're a 54 out of 100 rating. That means you're really bad. That means you're an F. That's what they gave Aaron Stinney. Oh, you suck, it doesn't dude. matter – the background to him, no. The guy's justification to that overall with, uh, to me on Twitter was, oh, this is only his third or fourth game started. They've had rookies in the 80-something overall. Uh, Colin Kaepernick didn't play football in years. He's an 88 overall to begin this year, something crazy like that. Aaron Stinney is a 54 overall. I'm trying to defend him. I get blocked for that. Stunner, what are your thoughts on Aaron Stinney in this Madden situation? Um, man, that, that guy's been uh, has been a homer. Uh, you know, you got Swami, you got Equipment Guru. The Equipment <laughs> Guru likes Dallas. Swami likes the um, Patriots. You notice the Patriots defense on there is juggernaut, and they suck this year. So it's a lot of bias going on with them ratings. Uh, you know, Mo and I've been on their butt for years over that stuff, man. And they will—they're not gonna—they're just so arrogant. They're not gonna listen, and they've just just decided to disrespect the Bucks. They will give uh, Brady props because of his New England background, and that's about it, man. But that's something we deal with. But there—it's it, a lot going on right now, man, with the excuse fest for for Kansas City. And you know, like I told you earlier, I got put on a. Uh, 12 hour warning because I got into it with some casual uh, talking about the penalties at Green Bay, trying to say that the referees were on our side. I just sat there and watched that Green Bay game again on NFL Network, and Green Bay was getting away with all kind of crap. Okay, their first interception, they had back to back defensive pass interferences that were ignored. Okay, the one on Godwin before the interception and the one during the interception on Mike Evans. So it's it's really sad. And then the injuries, we were without both our safeties against MVP Aaron Rodgers, and everyone seems to ignore that. But they want to bring up the injuries of of um, Kansas City, which Kansas City was supposed to be the juggernaut that nobody could touch anyway. So they're just making excuses. But the penalties is really the one that, that, that gets my crawl 
because there were so many penalties that Kansas City could have got called for that the, the that they got away with. So they're talking about, oh, they had all these penalties. Yeah, that's because they came out chippy and tried to fight us and were playing dirty. So you're going to get penalties. I mean, why don't you just show some class and play straight up, which is something Bruce Aaron said today at the, at the parade, is that we played right. Yeah. We played trash teams like the Saints that were trying, that were cheating the whole time and trying to play dirty pool with us. And we played them straight up and we played them with respect and we respected the game. Uh, you know, the Green Bay – we we beat them at their house for the title. I mean, they can't say nothing. Okay, they were they 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 were the number one seed, had home field advantage for the playoffs, and they were hosting a freaking NFC championship game. They got something to say, and I ain't hearing it. And then Kansas City, you're the you're the you're supposed to be the defending world champs. So what the heck you got? It? And then you want to come out and play dirty, and 32 should have been ejected. He ran into that female referee before halftime. Well, no doubt, and, and I was m- m- multiple. Bumpins with reps after that holding on, on the mic, which look, Ward held Mike Evans. He tried to fucking butt fuck him. Okay. Mm-hmm. The gentleman hold, those you calling the ticky tech. No, he grabbed him by the waist and pulled him to his body. That is sexual assault in most states, <laughs> except Pittsburgh, of course. But still, let's let, let, let let's be let's be honest here. Uh the game they tried that we we matched them on their physicality and exceeded them on their physicality. We outplayed them, period. There's there's no other explanation that can be had. For those of you crying for the zebras, talking about ticky tack penalties, go back and look at the penalties. Every flag that was thrown was legit. Now I will admit I'm not going to be biased. When when we had that triple sack on Mahomes, where Sue, uh, JPP, and Shaq all came together on him, and we had a sandwich, and someone put him in the headlock, and that could have been rough in the past. That really could have been. And then when Tom threw the touchdown to AB and went beeline to fucking Tyron Matthew was all in his face, you know, making contact with him, that could have been taunting as well. I'm saying there were instances that didn't call on us, but they would not have affected the outcome of the game. What about the misc face mask against us? I'm just saying, we can go on for days. I will never be that fan that puts the favorite game into the hand of the Zebras. No, bro. You literally ran 72 plays of offense. Scored nine points. That's a you problem. And you could play the what-if game about anything then. You could play the what-if game about anything then. If you're going to say, oh, what if that call went different? You could have said, oh, what if Rojo's ball really crossed? Oh, what if, you know, he got it and blah, blah, blah. What if Joe Hay catches that touchdown? Um, You know what my D-line coach told me in high school tones? This is what he said about what-ifs. He said, if if your aunt had a dick, she'd be your uncle. I don't care about your ifs. Yep, damn straight. Don't, don't don't hit me with that. And I I've lived by that mantra my entire life. Exactly. <laughs> you can't play a what if game because then it yeah. just opens up a whole can of worms, and then yeah. before you know it, the fucking Kansas City Royals end up in football somehow, winning the uh, winning the Lombardi Trophy. An improbable scenario happens when you open a can of worms. You know you got out to coach Jimmy Anisawa, by the way. What's up, coach? Hey, one penalty from that game that I really loved was the uh, taunting of Antoine Winfield. That was the most savage moment. That's like right up there, Bucks history, like go down. I ordered the wife and I a shirt with him doing that. Like such a savage, savage moment. I loved every second of that. Deserved to hear that shit. I ordered the Grave Diggers SMB shirt. He he, he went a step further, though. Did y'all see him? With the WWE chip belt, it, it yeah. full circle. <laughs> Travis Kelsey last year at, at the Kansas City Parade had the WWE championship belt. Uh, today, this year, week twelve, Tyreek did the flip with the deuces. So to make it all the way full circle, he had to chip WWE belt and chuck the deuces to say, "Fuck y'all, and I love it." I'm good. That's the type of pettiness I'll sign up for all day. Oh yeah, that, that's what football is, man. These are grown ass men full of testosterone talking shit. This is this is football. Let's yeah. let's get more of this, please. Yeah. You know, they, they I saw a different angle they where you could see Tyreek Hill's face. He's smiling. 
He likes yeah, he, it. Like people did. are making a big deal. He he knows. He did the same fucking thing, and he'd do it again too. Like Ooh. he gets it. He liked it too. No, but, but here's my problem with it, Tones and Cody. And tell me if y'all caught this. So I watched that Week Twelve agonizing fucking game. Tyree Hill doing backflips, throwing up the deuces. They are really giving like gymnastic scores to his flip. Oh, what do you give that? I give it a nine point nine. They had no problem with it. Winfield hugging up the deuces. Oh. There's no place for that in football. That's just yeah. league. Shut so, up, bitch. Yeah. They didn't like it because it was against their team they picked. There it is. Yeah. Tony, Tony Romo's ironic. The CBS crew is really ironic because they they uh, knocked Antoine Winfield for doing that. They're like, oh, why would they be doing this to Tyreek Hill, knocking a man when he's down? And then next thing you know, Tony Romo – and uh, Jim Nance are right there saying, oh, you know, talking about Andy Reid's son and Andy Reid, and they're getting killed. The irony of that, you know, the CBS, to me, they didn't have their best game. I'm usually a Tony Romo guy. I was not impressed with the game they had announcing. I think uh, they played a pity party in the Kansas City Chiefs' hand. I think they tried to make the Chiefs sound like the upper echelon team and, like, the Bucks are kind of just this average team that got lucky. I, I, I just wasn't a fan of the broadcast of the game, in my opinion. And I think uh, Scotty Miller got in Tariq Hill's brain anyway that week. Yeah, that that uh, conversation about the fastest player or the race in the league, you know, Tyreek Hill, Scotty Miller, who would win that race? I mean, it was just a fun week, a fun couple of weeks. Dude, and that's I, I was watching, hey, real quick, I, I got to tip my cap to Todd Bowles. I don't mean to be rude, but I'm, I'm still hyped. I'm watching that game, and I, I we did not run our 3-4. We did not run our 4-3. We were running a 2-4-5 defense pretty much that a whole night which is a rarity. You know, Todd Bowles does not run that often. But we were running two downs, four linebackers, five defensive backs with Edwards, with uh, uh, Whitehead and Winfield on the field at the same time. And they were breaking up balls. They were in people's faces. They were making plays. Dude, this is – honestly, Todd Bowles pulled some rabbit out of the hatch chip and didn't even – even though I knew – what was going to happen. We were going to get consummate pressure. We were going to get constant pressure on these hoes, and they were going to have to think quick, and that little trickeration stuff wasn't going to work. And, man, I just, I just want to tip my cap to Todd Bowles and the rest of you uh, eight teams around this league that had a vacancy that didn't hire my guy. Thank you for being idiots. Uh, we got this here, man. Why not run it back? Or, excuse me, Bruce Aaron said, don't say no run it back shit. It's Kansas City bullshit. We're going for two. Going to two. We yeah. get two. Yeah, Bruce wants a two. He said he wants two, and then he'll see when asked about uh, you know retirement or whatnot. He said, "No, hell no, I ain't going anywhere. I want two, and then we'll see." Uh, I love BA. We've all been BA advocates for the most part this entire season. Especially, I know Stun and myself uh, were vocal about it way back when and. May we declared ourselves as Bruce's bandits. I found that tweet today, so that was kind of cool going back and, you know, seeing that we did declare our fandom a BA all the way back then and that uh, we we sided with him. And, you know, a lot of fans were coming at BA all season saying he doesn't have this team discipline. You know, he, he didn't pick the right coordinators. Byron Leftwich is game calling. Uh, why doesn't Bruce take over? Yada, yada, yada. Bruce is a man with the master plan. You know, it's Bruce Arians, two-time coach of the year, once with the Colts, once with the Cardinals, this fantastic guy who's been in Pittsburgh, been all over the place, uh, really just set this team up for success. And we've seen the success happen right before our eyes. So Super Bowl 55, amazing. As Bucko said, Todd Bowles, uh, you know, this defense came ready to play, and that attributes to Bruce giving um, these guys the fluidity to coach how they want to coach, and at the same time, Bruce being, uh, you know, the figure in their ear to, you know, push him over the top, give him that great coaching ability. And I really do think that Todd Bowles will be uh, the successor to Bruce Arians one day in Tampa. Oh, I agree. And look, look. Let me go out and say this to whoever will listen. 
Bucks fans, can we not take this as a lesson as we're not smarter than the head coach? We all call for Byron Leftwich's head when it's third and inches and we're throwing 30 yards down the field. I, I'm guilty of it too, damn it. I'm not calling out just you. I'm calling out me. Let's just for a second take it. Bruce had trust and confidence in that guy. Didn't waver. Didn't falter. And Bruce Byron Leftwich caught one hell of a fucking Super Bowl, boys. We had them off balance the entire game. Fournette, Rojo, you know, the only ones that didn't ball were Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I guarantee you, they are and not Scooter. crying about it. And Scooter didn't do a fucking thing. You know what? They're not crying about it. Negative. They're not crying. They're a champion. And Byron Leverage called a hell of a game. Todd but, Bowles called a hell of a game. Bruce Arians said it. I didn't do a damn thing. I got. I just made the best staff in the league. Hey, hey, I'll take it, Bruce. Thank you, buddy. Shit. Yeah, and that's the thing with these Bucks players. None of them are selfish. As uh, Stunned chimed in, Scotty Miller actually in negative yards, negative three yards, but he doesn't care. <laughs> He's a damn champion. He's a fucking champion. At the end of the day, they're the greatest damn thing in sports, a champion of the world. You can't beat that. You can't beat yeah, we, that. We definitely got less selfish at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, we're already hearing about these guys you know, renegotiating contracts to get guys like Godwin to stay, to get guys like Sue to stay, Shaq Barrett to stay. You already heard Mike Evans. You already heard Tom Brady. They're already saying they'll take pay cuts. They'll renegotiate. This team wants the band back together. Look, 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 look. Cody, I know you're about to say something. I'm sorry to jump in on you. I got to say this. So actually, I'm waiting for this topic to come up. If our two leaders, Mike Evans and Tom Brady, are already telling you, hey, we're going to restructure, we're going to pay cut, we're going to shift money around so we can get this whole gang back. You know what that's going to breed to is guys like Godwin, guys like Chuck Barrett, guys like Levante saying, oh, shit, Brady and Evans is going to take less to stay. I got to take less to stay or else I'm a dick, right? You know, the, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, the championship bond, the, the example being set by leadership. Like, look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has this propensity to want to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. But you're making $40 million a year, and then you have the nerve to complain of why you don't have enough talent around you other than your $120 million receiver? It's because you're going for $40 million a year. Tom Brady just trolled the Atlanta Falcons and got all of his incentives and made $28.3 million. Take that, Falcons. But still, Aaron Rodgers made over $10 million more than Tom Brady. And then has a big has that propensity and, and the audacity to complain about not having enough talent around him. The unselfish be, uh, behavior set forth by our leaders is going to follow suit and have a trickle down effect. And I honestly think that everybody except Shady McCoy is coming back. Real quick before Cody goes here, let's not forget Cam Bray did this last offseason. You know, Cam Bray restructured his contract. Cam Bray restructuring ended up in either, you know, a LaShawn McCoy, a Leonard Fournette. However you look at it, Cam Bray restructured his deal to stay with the Buccaneers. We created cap space because of it. We signed good veterans like Ryan Suckup, McCoy, Fournette. At the time, not the sexiest of names. They're really good players, like uh, Bucko said earlier. You know, they're good, um, you know, chips to a team, role players. And uh, we got them on board because a guy like Cam Bray restructured his deal. And now this year, we're seeing the same thing happen. But as Bucko said with the bigger leaders, the big boys. So if a guy like Cam Bray did it last offseason, if guys like Evans – and Brady are doing it this offseason. You know, no one should be in selfish in thinking otherwise. If you have a long-term contract on this team, I think players are going to be doing that. Um, you know, coming up with ways, money, any ways possible to keep this team together. Cody, go on. Finish your thoughts. Uh, you know, I was going to kind of touch on the same things. I remember we talked about who we thought would be back, and I said back then I thought McCoy and Lenny would be gone. But after seeing some of Lenny's tweets, like, I thought he'd go get a big payday, and deservedly so, you know, big payday. And, and I get it. Running backs, they don't have long, you know, careers. But after seeing some of his tweets, I think dude really wants to be back. Like like you guys touched on, like, when you two, two of your biggest leaders on your team are already restructuring, 
it, it just sets a certain precedent. That and the fact they just won a Super Bowl. These guys want to run it back. So I think um, I think we're going to see a lot more home, hometown discounts than we were thinking. I don't know if there's a way to literally get every single one of them back. I still think Godwin probably gets tagged, but I think most of these guys are going to be back. I really do. I don't think McCoy will, and um, I appreciate the leadership he brought, but, we, you know, we, we don't need McCoy anyway. So, And I, I think Godwin's okay on, on a franchise tag of somewhere near $14 million. I think yeah. he's okay with that, dude, straight up. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he'll be okay with that. And then I'm even seeing today Adrian Peterson is putting out Instagram stories, holding up a Brady judge. He said, hey, I want to come to Tampa if y'all want me. The ring chasers are going to come. J.J. Watt, we've heard. Hey, I'm just saying, if, if these guys choose to be selfish, we can grab some ring-chasing veterans and make this thing stay afloat. But look, ain't it beautiful to be in this position? Amazing. We got O.J. Howard on his fifth-year option, going to be healthy, Gronk, break. Dude, we, we have so many weapons. Even if we are to, to lose a guy like Chris Godwin, retain A.B., I don't think we lose much, man. Tyler Johnson played very well, man. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just being – we have a month before we have to digest this shit. We still have a whole month to relish this before we have to really face facts. But if our ownership and our GM of drunk as hell, mind you, made videos saying we've been given the resources to bring everybody back and for some reason we don't bring one of you back, that, that's on you, the individual, not, not the squad. Period. The one I'm keeping the biggest eye on is Shaq. Like he is in line yeah. for a huge payday, and like I, I'm not like ranking these guys like you know how I feel about them. But as far as who I think out of our free agents most important, I think Shaq's number one. I love Levante. I love Godwin. Yeah. No disrespect to them whatsoever. But if you can't protect the passer and rush the passer, it doesn't matter who you got. You know, playing wide receiver, linebacker, what like those are the two number one things we've got to find a way to get Shaq Barrett back. So just the fact he's already talking about, you know, coming back, he wants to be back is a good sign. Levante, I, there was never a doubt in my mind that he was gonna He'll be he was sign anywhere else. Levante is gonna be back. That thing, him coming out saying he wants to be the highest paid linebacker in the league, I didn't he, believe that. For he a said second. it was yeah, yeah, he he even said that. Like, I, I blocked that fucking clown, JP. Yeah. Whoever you are, yeah, I never saw right. a tweet you made before ever in life. But once you made that right. one, you got blocked by the old boy Bucko. No, I guarantee you, Shaq and Levante are one A, one B. Yeah, the, the two guys I'm worried about not being here. Seriously, the only two guys I'm worried about being a problem are Godwin and Sue. Sue, yeah. if he recognizes I'm 35 and maybe it's time to play for the veteran minimum. Veteran minimum, I can see him back. But Sue and Godwin are the two outliers. I think everybody else is back, including AB. I can see uh, Sue retiring. Perfect time for him to retire. You know, he seemed kind of on the fence. And then Godwin, I love Godwin. I hope he's back. But we're just so deep at wide receiver. Like you said, I Godwin's a special player. But AB is almost assuredly going to be back. And then we've got Tyler Johnson, who seems like he's developing something hey. special. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I think that uh, I think Godwin gets tired to um, gets a franchise tag. I think we. I, I think uh, Shaq is possibly gone. Sue said in the Super Bowl interview that he wanted to come back to Tampa, so I can't see a, an issue with that. Although he was like the last one to sign last year, but he wants yeah. to be here this time, so. And we paid him 10 mils, Tana. We're not going to do that again. I promise yeah, you. Can't do that. I, I, right. Does anybody know about Suckup? Is Suckup still under contract? Yeah, Suckup was a two year deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Nacho is a free agent. Okay. Yeah, Nacho's a free agent. Obviously, some guys like Ryan Griffin's a free agent. You know, your LaShawn McCoy's a free agent. There's some lesser guys. Joe Haig's a free agent. You got some lesser veterans who are your free agents, but. If guys like that, I mean, Nacho is a guy you would want to bring back because his high-end energy, his nonstop motor, and his, uh, you know, his great love of the game and his affection of the game, he stepped in great when Vita Ve went down. Our run defense didn't miss a beat. Our pass defense, obviously. That's where it sucked. Yeah, it reflected it. 
Um, I mean, you know, when you lose Vita Vea, it's going to reflect things. But uh, Nacho's a good role player, but that's a guy who could go get paid yeah. after winning a trophy, you know. He, he could yeah. go – he could sign a two-year, $8 million deal, which we can't afford, obviously. I, he's another one I could see leaving just because uh, he put it, he put together enough good tape that, like he said, he could probably get a starting job on quite a few different teams and, you know, chase, you know, to be a starter and get paid, you know, I would have to respect that. And, I, I, you know, I agree. I think Ryan Griffin's going to do the same thing. I think he could be a backup quarterback somewhere, make 1.52 million a year. I don't think we're going to pay him that, especially, with playing Gabbard around, if he sticks around Tom Brady, there's no reason to pay Gabbard and Griffin when we're yeah. going to try and, uh, you know, keep the whole roster around. And you hope next year that you don't need five quarterbacks just in case for COVID. Nonetheless, you are listening to the Bucketeers podcast, a proud member of the TSPN. We only got a couple more minutes here, a couple more questions here, but it's a Super Bowl celebration episode. We've been excited, uh, and we just kind of want to say we're not going away this offseason, not at all by any means. We're going to still be at you guys. We kind of figure it is this big events. We're going to do live stuff, you know, start a free agency, NFL draft, schedule release. We'll be with you guys live along the way. We'll also be live once a month. Uh, we're never going to be sure what day in the month, but, you know, you could catch us live once a month doing a nice long show, recapping things a month. And then perhaps weekly we might do 20-minute giblet episodes, little things here and there, nothing crazy. But your Bucks content will remain here. Um, it's not going anywhere. It might be more sporadic, but it's going to be quality uh, in the off season. We're not Who used knows? to. I might even help you bums learn how to draft a fantasy football team. You <laughs> never know what could happen. Yeah, this guy's on top of the world for winning a free league. Congrats to you, buddy. <laughs> hey. I did beat him both the games we played too. Hey, but did you beat? Did you make it a chip? No, I didn't. Uh, no. all done you a solid. Took me out of there. Yeah, no, but that was a lot of fun. And for real, it's going to be a fun off season. You're basically a New Orleans Saint is what you are. Wow. You <laughs> yeah, just got a Saints call out. And I, I actually, them meaningless dubs. I was thinking that in my head, but I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to be that guy to uh, – my, my, my buddy tweeted out that the Saints put up a banner and they were in the Raptors that beat Tom Brady twice in 2020 regular season. They put a banner up for that, bro. They ain't getting no fucking Super Bowl banner. They, they got to celebrate what they got to celebrate. Well, you know, they've had a – I forget his name. Uh, you know, he's not important. But nonetheless, the day after the Bucks won the Super Bowl, the Saints player tweeted, like, oh, I'm sick. These fools won, blah, blah, blah. Bro, you got ran by the Bucks. So, um, that, that was funny. Anyways, guys, before we wrap it up, before we end it, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the parade. Thoughts on the per- parade today? It looked like a great little boat parade. It looked like a fun time. Our own A-Cats is at the parade. Uh, you know, he had so much fun that he couldn't make the pod. He, he, you yeah. know, he, he had a good time. He must have caught that avocado tequila Tom threw off the boat. <laughs> or did you guys see Rhett there uh, from the Fire Cannons podcast? Yeah. He brought a goat, goat on a boat. He brought a goat on a boat and named it Tom Brady. And then, Legend. you know, you legendary had, shit, bro. Good shit, bro. You had Port Richie Lou magically find vacation days at work. You, like, you had a lot of magical things happen today. Um, it was great. Obviously, none of us are directly in the ta- in the city of Tampa so a lot of us can't do this on a regular daily basis but we see the things we know what's going on we live them from where we're at so guys we live vigorously through the boat parade today uh lightning fan or not we've seen that was a success the first time around this boat parade was even perhaps more of a success this time around just because they knew the optics of it uh, they knew how to run it because of how the Lightning did it and how the Lightning perfected it. So the Bucks were more prepared, uh, you know, a little little bit more of a direction. Do you think this changes? I know some cities don't have water. It's going to be hard for some. But for the ones that do at least, I mean, you could do a lot more stuff on the water in boats during a parade. Guys, I think this is a perfect end to a championship season is a boat parade. A lot more fun to me than a street parade. And 
Rob Gronkowski still went to Disney World. I mean, what it is is for us as Floridians, for us as Tampa people, it's another way for us to flex on the rest of the country and say, hey, we're better than you. Uh, <laughs> we have water everywhere. We're a beautiful peninsula. We can do this shit in shorts in February. You can't. Well, look at us. We're better than you, and we fucking know it. That's why I love it. And drunk BA giving a fucking speech at the end of it and getting a Gatorade bucket poured on him, that's my fucking spirit animal. I'm here for every bit of that. Let's fucking go. Let's do it again. Go Bro, you, what seeing the videos, uh, man, it's just so awesome seeing the videos. I think um, the chefs and, you know, Killer lives in Tampa, so they're all out there today, but the wife and I, we were like, man, why did we just stay a few extra days? I'm so jealous. Book I wish another I was 500 bucks, so it yeah. like you spent a whole stimulus check already. You could have looked. You could have spent that moth in your wallet. You know, fuck the mortgage, right? Mm. Fuck the mortgage. Stay a couple more days. Almost like a couple kidneys or something. I don't know. Liver, maybe. Uh, college yeah, fund. What college fund? Yeah. Fuck them kids. What'd you say, Stano? What you got, buddy? Uh, What's your takeaway from today? Stunner? Um, oh, there you are. I thought we, I, yeah, I I'm here, I'm here. You know, what was the question? We're, you know, what did you think of the uh, today's feeling in general? You know, we celebrated a championship year in Florida. Uh, it was a boat parade. What, what were your thoughts on not only the parade, but just the feeling of celebrating a damn championship today? The city's on fire, man. It's like the real Bucks fans are standing up. We could finally, you know... T- Take some pride in our team, and it, it is hard being in a city where the team, where the fans don't support the home team. And you know, we got all the transients and all the fair weathers, and uh, it's it's you know, it, it's really refreshing and it's really inspirational what's going on in the city. Yeah, and guys, last question here before we wrap up and close out with our Twitter handles. Uh, I know we discussed it in the live show on Saturday. We asked at the end if uh, there would be Disney appearances. It wasn't the full-fledged experience, but Gronk did go to Disney. Did anyone happen to catch that? That was pretty classic. Um, With COVID, it was a little different. It was fenced off and whatnot. But Gronk was having the time of his life. Uh, Gronk was loving it. He's like, I'm in Disney. You know, you had Gronk at the Magic Kingdom with the castle behind him, having a good time answering all these questions, waving to fans and stuff. Did any of you guys happen to catch any of that and uh, kind of see Gronk living in the moment, enjoying himself again, having a lot of fun at Disney? Let me speak for those of us with a gaggle of kids who have spent three to $4,000 on a damn Disney vacation that was extremely overrated. Um, my stomach gets turned when I see Disney videos. So, no, I didn't catch it. I didn't give a shit. Fuck Walt Disney. Um yeah, all of it. Sorry. I'm not a fan. Uh, uh, I got three kids. I feel 100% like Bucko on that. <laughs> a bunch of fucking Disney World. Fuck that place. But I will say Gronk, is, he's, an, he's an awesome dude. So I'm sure that was cool seeing him. Oh, he's a character, man. I, 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 dude, honestly, am I the only one that hated those guys for a decade? But now... All is forgiven, and I love everything. Yeah, I, I rooted everything for them a lot in the Super Bowls. Yeah, I rooted for them, too. Uh, I rooted for them pretty much every Super Bowl that the Patriots played in, honestly. Uh, so I, I don't agree with you guys there. I was a Patriots advocate when they were in the Super Bowls. I rooted for Brady. I rooted for Gronk. I respected winning. I respected the best of the best. I don't know how you don't like the best of the best, because when you watch a game of football – you miss it when it's gone. Uh, I had to watch Jameis Winston. I don't know what the best is. Leave me alone. Oh, Lord. Florida State, <laughs> fans, off, Florida State fans often don't know what the best is, sadly. Absolutely. Um, Especially lately with a three-win ass. Absolutely. No, but for real, I want to smack the shit out of both of y'all because Disney's a great place. Okay? <laughs> nah, <laughs> Only a guy from Naperville thinks Disney's it's a great it's place. way overrated, bro. I don't got okay. kids. No. I don't got you kids, man. You go spend man. four grand and you walk around all them goddamn parks with them kids 
You could do better, but that, that's your that. first. That, it's a small world, after all. When I hear that song, I want to punch people's. That's your first mistake. Is not going I on the cruise. It, not going on the cruise is your first mistake, buddy. You gotta. <laughs> hey, get, I got a hot take. You got to get yourself on that Disney cruise ship. Fucking. Text, yeah, the Epstein's Island, right? Oh, hey, I got a, I got a hot. No. That would be bad. No. Epstein no. Island. That would be bad. That was part of the. Uh, uh, um, Stunner's statements are his own and not a request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, just, hey, just I got a hot take for y'all, though. Check this out. Check this out, though. Brady done ruined the game because now all the quarterbacks want to be GMs. You got Rodgers wanting to be a GM. Russell. You got um, uh, Deshaun Watson wants to be a, D, a GM. Russell Wilson. Now Russell Wilson is complaining about his own line. He wants to pick his own line. He wants to be a GM too. So Brady did ruin the game for all these young quarterbacks. No, no, no. Now you even got all pro right tackles threatening to hold out and demanding a trade because they want to play left tackle. What kind of shit is going on? Something has to. The Texans got to put up a stand. Someone's got to put up a stand and tell these players, no, we got to stop this shit where it starts. Yeah. Jackson would last him do that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, so Tom Brady, I'm not sure. I, I know he influenced on who to get and what to get specifically with Gronk but and A.B., but a lot of it, I think Jason Light wanted Tristan worse um, more than, you know, he traded up for him. I know Brady wanted help, but perhaps Tristan Wirfs. And we could talk on and on about Wirfs, but next episode or eventually, I want to talk about how lucky we got with Tristan Wirfs being the fourth of the best of the big tackles. Remember that whole debate back in the last spring? Oh, what tackle's going to go first? Tristan Wirfs jumped out of pool. Everyone thought he was going to go one or uh, not number one, but you know what I mean? The first tackle, first tackle off the board. Next thing you know, he lasted. Jason Light traded for him. Incredible. There goes Buck of the Bruce, guys. Uh, it's just our, been, draft was, our drafts have been awesome in the last two years with B.A. Our drafts have been yeah. incredible with B.A. Um, specifically, like you said, the past two years when he's been here. And with Jason Light, he, he was a little off before B.A., but with B.A., he hasn't missed much. We've had a lot of good things happen with B.A. Boys, any last words before we close out tonight? Uh, I just had an awesome time down there with the uh, Red and Peter group chat. I hung out quite a bit with uh, Melanie, her boyfriend, Julius, um, Killa, his girlfriend, Lydia, the chefs, Mike. I don't know. I went here with my family, but I was down there with the group chat family. It was just, it was an amazing time. I cannot wait to get back on there and do it all with you guys again. Yeah, Stana, uh, any last words or thoughts before we wrap up this celebration episode? Yeah, it's been an amazing season. Uh, you know, I wish we could do more. I would love to go to Cleveland for the draft, but, you know, it's just, it's, just hard times right now, but you know, with hard times, what do you got? You got family and we got our Bucks family. We got our Bucketeers family and we got our Bucks Twitter family and we got our real families. And it's just, uh, it's just a great time to be a Bucks fan. And, it, you know, to me, it's all about the real, the real thing I really love is just kind of like when we beat Philly, we beat back in the day, we beat the arrogance of them. For us to run through Green Bay, the Saints, and Kansas City, three of the most arrogant fan bases, and just to wipe the smiles off their faces has just been an awesome, awesome experience. Yeah, I, I really agree with you. And in a weird way, like you said, this is, um, you know, COVID obviously not a good thing, but it led to a lot of great bucks. Uh, friendships and families like the Bucketeers podcast, like Red and Pewter group chat. As you said, it's all family. It's just been incredible what's been able to do and what fun has been able to have as we beat these arrogant fan bases, as Stunna just said. Guys, it's been an incredible episode, an incredible night. We'll be back real soon. Not sure yet, but we'll be back real soon. We're going to try and still do 15 to 20-minute episode clips a week. 
and then we're going to come at you once a month live with live streams and for big events such as free agency in the draft and really once summer hits we'll be back at this full time once we got training camps practices yada 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 underway with these buccaneers it's been a blast we had bucko the bruce cody g stunner all the great co-hosts besides a cats other than that i'm tampa tones it's been an incredible Hello, time incredible episode talking champa bay until next time the bucketeers is out because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while i was sleeping and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence in restless dreams i walked alone narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp